With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. one 1170 is the open line number. The coach most under pressure says uh, this one. Paul from Walls, uh, West Walls End. Nice to hear from you, Paul. The coach most under pressure, I believe, is JD at South Sydney. If he tanks, Sam Burgess straight in. Thank you for that one, Paulie from West Walls End. Nice to hear from you. Keep them coming. Let's talk NFL. So championship weekend's done. Chiefs are in. 49ers are in. It's a mega blockbuster Super Bowl 58 coming up at Allegiant Stadium. Laurie Horace from ESPN is on the line. Good morning to you, Laurie. Let's start with the second game from yesterday. So the Detroit Lions, there they were, 24-7 up. The fairy tale story going nice, and they just couldn't hold on to it. What's been the blowback? Well, I think this one's going to hurt for Detroit Lions fans, and it's going to hurt for some time. The three-year turnaround under Dan Campbell has been fantastic to, to witness. They started struggling. They became frisky last season, and then they were a contender this season. That 24-7 to lead was, if not a surprise, um, it was the perfect result for them because it, put, it, it seemingly put San Francisco 49ers in a game script they don't enjoy. The record under Kyle Shanahan from playing from behind and playing with multi-score deficits is not good. Um, they like to be able to dictate terms up front, run the ball, pass the ball, disguise things. The way that offense is designed, it's meant to look like it could be both options. And when you make them one-dimensional is when you can get them in trouble. But as soon as there's just some missed opportunities from the Detroit Lions that are going to sting. A lot of people are talking about the fourth down choices that Dan Campbell made going for it where he could have taken a couple of field goals. That's who Dan Campbell has been as a head coach in his tenure. He's aggressive. The analytics said both those decisions were coin flips. He wanted to outside of just before halftime when he kicked a field goal with limited time remaining, the view is, hey, we're playing against a team that we know is talented. We know they can overwhelm us in the second half. We haven't been able to stop them. Let's make the most of our offensive opportunities. Those decisions will get scrutinized and, and probably and hindsight's twenty twenty, and they're going to get overly scrutinized and overly criticized. But I think the missed opportunities from Detroit is what stands out. Josh Reynolds having a couple of massive drops, uh, one on fourth down. The fact that the a couple of dropped interceptions, one of which let, you know, bounced off a Detroit Lion helmet into the hands of Brandon Ayuk for a one-yard reception, setting up uh, setting up a big touchdown there. It's just those little things, those variables that the Detroit Lions, the, the game plan in the first half, the running ability, attacking the edges, it was all going to plan. But unfortunately, those little let-ups, those little moments that they weren't able to convert, it leaves a team like San Francisco in the game. And even when they're within two scores, because of their explosive playability, because you've got George Kittle and Ayuk and Debo Samuel, who refuses to be tackled um, in the first attempt by anyone. Mina Kimes put it out there uh, on social media. ESPN's Mina Kimes. If she doesn't believe D- 
see who has ever been tackled by the first attempt. Don't check the stats, but that's just the, the hard facts of it all. When you've got those explosive plays, you can work yourself back into the game. And, and Brock Purdy, who was getting absolutely um, you know, slammed during the first half, yeah, there was some fortuitousness there. Yeah, there were some interceptions that should have been reeled in by Detroit, and they hit the, hit the, hit the grass, but mm. or the, the turf. No, it is grass at Santa Clara. I should specify that. But ultimately, he made some big plays with his legs. He came up with the right mentality. He found the right mentality, composure, and vision in that second half to recognize, hey, when it's not there, the way the Detroit Lions are playing, that middle of the field's open for me to scamper off. No, I'm not Lamar Jackson. No, I'm not Justin Fields, but I've got mobility and I can pick up some huge gains. And, and in the end, in the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you do it with perfectly placed spirals down the sideline or you get those first downs any which way you can. He came up with enough big plays. And I think it's a, it's a game that, while the 49ers haven't been overwhelming or dominant in the playoffs so far, despite holding the seating that they did in the NFC, what they have done is shown some toughness, some metal. And in this particular instance, coming from behind, it's not something they're quote, designed to do, and it's not something that they put on tape. This is a very, very important stepping stone for Carl Shanahan as he tries to shake off that moniker of his as a playoff underperformer, shall we say. If you're a Lions fan, right, and I hear, and, and you know, they were there and, and they had it, they're ready to roll. But if you're a Lions fan, Laurie, and you hear Dan Campbell say afterwards, this may have been our only shot, I don't know how to take that. I like it. I stand right behind this. And, and I think you look at some recent examples. Um, I know it was put out there that Phil Rivers, um, who was a phenomenal quarterback with the most, most famously with the LA Char- with the San Diego Chargers back then, uh, they made a deep run into the playoffs and they felt, hey, we'll be the coach said, hey, we'll be back here again. And they never were. You think about Dan Marino, one of one of some people believe he's the greatest quarterback that they've seen play. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Early run to the Super Bowl, unable to get the ring and never gets that chance again. There is no guarantees because it's a 53-man roster, because there's a salary cap, because there's a draft, because the Detroit Lions are going to have to deal with something called brain drain. They're co- both coordinators, the offensive and defensive coordinators, could be gone. It's likely it's just one of them in Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, had a great game plan, particularly early yesterday. They'll have to deal with that. So much changes that I think it's, I think it's frank, and I appreciate what Dan Campbell is saying, because in the NFL, because of the size of the roster, because of the year-to-year roster churn, the coaching churn, it's not as simple as saying, hey, we're going to build on last year. You literally have to build this program back up, and these campaigns back up from the bottom down, brick by brick from the base. So I appreciate what Dan Campbell said. He's been frank. He's been honest. He's never bucked away from accountability. He said he stood by his fourth down decisions. And I appreciate what he said there. I mean, this is someone that in a league where we talk about certain teams that seem more hype than substance, you know, he's proven that he's been nothing but substance as a head coach. And the Detroit Lions fans, well, that's a sobering message. There's some better messages ahead. One, they've been drafting really well and they have draft capital to add to this roster. They're young. So they don't have to worry about being one of these teams that makes a final dart and then, you know, it all kind of falls away as players age out of their prime. And two, they've got a bunch of salary. Uh, three, sorry. <laughs> I'm struggling to count the downs here. Third down, they have salary cap space. So they can maintain their aggression. They can maintain their, their constant desire to improve the roster. And what I'll say is what I hope they don't do is is do something like, you know, package a bunch of draft picks to get up really high as, and get the final piece they need. Stick to the plan that's going on. Trust your draft board, trust your valuations in free agency and in those three days of drafting and continue to build because it has been working and there is reason for hope. I appreciate the sobering message, but there is also reason for hope for Lions fans that this isn't 
a one-year run deep into the playoffs. All right, you've turned me around. You got me there, mate, because <laughs> I, honestly, when I saw it, I went, oh, come on. I want him to come out and say, you know, this is step one. We're, we're ready to roll. So can I get you a job at the Lions there and you can you can <laughs> grab a little uh, megaphone and stand out the front because, yeah, it's a very convincing argument. Good on you, mate. We'll touch base in between now and Super Bowl 58, but we're down to those final two after a pretty extraordinary year. Um, it's going to be a big, big show, obviously, and I appreciate your thoughts this morning. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Laurie Horish there from ESPN. So we've got a replay now of Super Bowl 54 back in 2020. That time the Chiefs won it 31 to 20. You'll, you'll hear all of this talk and all of these stats come out and the, the dynasty or dynasty, as they like to say, for the Chiefs in particular, four Super Bowls in the last five years is just extraordinary. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, extraordinary. Brock Purdy on the other side, as he silenced the critics after getting the 49ers to where they are. And then the storyline about the Detroit Lions, which has still got more to come. Pat Mahomes v. Tom Brady record through six seasons, which is where they're at. Playoff record. So Mahomes 14 and three, Brady 12 and two. <laughs> AFC titles, Patrick Mahomes four, Tom Brady three. The numbers game, folks. Super Bowl wins. Brady, three. Mahomes, currently, two. Maybe another one to come. And what age is Pat Mahomes now? Where Where's he at? Um, well, how old was Tom when he, when he ended up finishing? Tommy? 58? So Patrick Mahomes is 28. <laughs> Tom Brady, so a long, long way to go. Brady was 43. 43. So a long, long way to go for Patrick Mahomes to just start nailing those numbers, but it's going to be a ripper, an absolute ripper. Matty, love the program. Thank you. Uh, this one from Monavale Max. Always thought you're a manly man, but sounds like you're a rooster these days. What? No, you must have switched on and heard Tommy. Um, did you change at some stage? It would be a dramatic change, Monavale Max. Served you once at a restaurant and could have sworn you love manly. Yeah, I do. Um, but Monavale Max is the Chooks fan, so he says go the Chooks. No, you must have heard Tommy, who's as rooster as rooster as you can, you can be. Uh, I'll stick with the Seagulls. Thanks, Motorvale Max, and thanks for listening as well. 20 past 11.